The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Alright guys, here we are again with Cody and Elaine Johnston from the Reckless Pursuit Podcast. I uh, mentioned that I was on their podcast last week, and when I mentioned their name, I messed up and just said Johnson. So this is officially Johnston. I will eventually get this right. I'm sorry, guys. It's a, it's a common error, so you're good. Well, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Mm-hmm. Doing good. Uh, it's a little late tonight and we're just kind of settling in with some coffee and some tea and ready to have a conversation. So. Nice. I'm settling in with some Irish whiskey. So <laughs> <laughs> are you guys ready uh, for Halloween tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like we are and we aren't. Yeah. You know, it's weird because we're huge Halloween nuts, but Halloween comes early for us because mm-hmm. we live in the middle of nowhere. So no one comes over no, on Halloween. No trick-or-treaters. So our <laughs> Halloween was like with our big party. So we're kind of like... Already... And that was last weekend. So huh. we're, we're, we're there. We're excited for it. But we're probably just going to spend the night Watch in movie. watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you guys had a huge party. How many people were over? Oh, between 50 and 60. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And our house is like 900 square foot, so you can kind of... Oh, yeah. wow. But we have a lot of yard, yeah, and that's do. where most of the people were. <laughs> yeah, we have plenty of yard for them yeah. to kind of spread out in. So, yeah, it was fun. It was hectic. It was crazy. We were I was tired. exhausted. Yeah. I think I slept most of the next day. So. And where do you guys live so that the audience knows? Because I live in northern Michigan, and I'm like, why would you have a Halloween party outside? <laughs> Oh, yeah. We live in uh, pretty central in Arkansas. So it was like, it was actually kind of warm. It was like 78 degrees. So uh, I was kind of hot in my costume, but it kind of got down around like the the mid 60s and there weren't too many mosquitoes. So it was nice. Yeah, it was a nice night. And today we have a freeze warning. So you never know what's liable to happen down here. Oh my gosh. So what did you guys dress up as? Oh man, I need to like show a picture. Yeah. Uh, we were two characters from a cartoon miniseries that came out in 2014 called Over the Garden Wall. And so Elaine was the main protagonist and I was the main antagonist, which his character, he's dressed up as a gnome, which you'd have to watch to understand why, because mm-hmm. it takes place on Halloween as well. But I am the beast of, e- or was the beast of eternal darkness, which is kind of like this um, almost like tree headed type figure has like long branch like horns so my mask that i made this year which is hanging on my wall over here because if anyone's ever seen our setup i hang all of our masks or all of my masks from each year and this one was so large it's literally um from fingertip to fingertip as far out as i can stretch my arms so it's like five and a half yeah like we went to a couple comic cons and like cody could not walk through the door i was just knocking people over yeah (laughs) just great people were ducking under me yes I was walking as slow as possible, just like clotheslining people mm-hmm. as I walked yeah. by. <laughs> Almost knocked over a couple of uh, stands. How, yeah. How heavy was that thing? It's not bad. It's uh, it's made out of paper mache. Um, at the final stages of it, it's made out of paper mache. So once it's crafted and molded and all that, it's pretty much foam and paper mache. So it's not bad at all. Um, it's now, staring down at me on the wall right now. Now, where do you get something like that? Uh we make it yeah we make all of our costumes <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. How long does it take you to make that? Uh, how long did I work? I've been working on it since early July. Yeah. So what? Holy moly. Three months, I guess. Yeah. Which last year's costume took two months longer than that. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, about a month longer yeah. than that. Yeah. Because yeah. last year I did, um, for any Legend of Zelda fans, I was Majora or Majora's Mask. And so it's very intricate, like mask. And so that mm-hmm. took a long time. But yeah, we normally start working on our costumes in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a people think we're crazy, <laughs> but we go all out. So, which is kind of sad because we don't even get to wear them on Halloween night because we don't have kids, so we can't go <laughs> trick or treating, and we don't have trick or treaters. Yeah, but we make it up with plenty of like comic conventions. And yeah. Stuff like yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they get your money's worth, your time worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elaine, what'd you Absolutely. dress up as? Yeah, so I was the garden gnome from. Oh, that's right. From the same show, yeah. And did you have a mask that was five feet wide? No, I just had like a little cone hat, like a dunce hat, and uh, we sewed a cape, and that was basically it. Mine was really easy. easy. (laughs) Mine was like, which is good because I can't see worth crap out of mine. So I have to be like the handler. (laughs) She got to guide me around. (laughs) Yeah. To make sure I didn't mull over children. Oh my gosh. So we have officially established your Halloween cred, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like hiding in fields and scaring children all night. This, this episode is going to air, uh, would it be? So two days after Halloween. So it's, it's a couple days late, but, um, you know, new age Christianity, new age Christian podcast. Um, you know, Halloween is one of those subjects that, um, you know, I just have to ask, why do you guys like worshiping the devil so much? Oh man. Well, it's the horns, really. Yes. You know, halos versus horns. It's always yep. horns. They're just much more masculine. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Worshiping the devil. Oh yeah. Just, you know, because it's fun. Just like on Christmas and Easter, right? <laughs> oh, okay. So we're going to go there. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. I'm in me know I'm not kidding. Oh. Cause that's what this episode is about. So, all right. So Halloween, obviously tongue in cheek, uh, for those of you listening, worshiping the devil, is something that can happen on any night of the week. And I don't mm-hmm, think actually, that Cody and Elaine Johnston are people who do that. So, um, no. Especially. no, 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 no. And if you want more insight and to totally scramble your brain on that, just go listen to the episode on who the devil really is. And so then that's a whole nother discussion. Mm-hmm. But um, so my favorite episodes, by the way. Yeah, that's what it was one of my favorite. I just love kind of messing with. I really like just it's it's mm-hmm. massive things that we just take so for granted that you don't you know you yeah. oh yeah to go back and study or think about it like just think about it. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. that would be well. It's kind of part of this episode. Is I guess I'm I'm super curious as somebody who um, I was on your guys' episode and I kind of shared some of my thoughts on. Um, you know, the intentionality of, of embracing something like Halloween. Cause we did talk about how, yeah, that, you know, I remember being in junior high and finding a, a shrine or an altar where cats had been sacrificed by Satanists mm-hmm. um, on, on Halloween, presumably on Halloween. Cause it was fairly fresh and it was mm-hmm. the next right. day. Um, and so you know, for me, really early on, there was kind of this very real and present awareness that darkness does happen on Halloween night. And so, you know, and then, you know, fast forward to all these years later of kind of realizing for myself that 
sure, as I said, you can worship the devil on any night. It doesn't just have to be Halloween, but that there is something unique about Halloween night, about October 31st, and there has been for centuries. And what would it be like for people like us who carry the light to, to go into the darkness and bring it with us and intentionally celebrate Halloween, intentionally participate and bring an energy that is not about fighting the darkness and fighting the devil, but about celebrating and bringing the light. Um, so that's, you know, that's fast for, I'm not going to repeat what kind of what we did on your guys' episode. Um, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on that, go listen to the Reckless Pursuit podcast. And was it this, did it just air this week? It just aired yeah. this week. Yeah. Okay. So enough about my thoughts on it. So with that understanding, I'm really curious as someone who kind of had my experience as a kid, right? Um, what is it about Halloween? And I'm assuming if I think if I'm, if I'm aware of what's I've seen on Facebook, even kind of scary movies and stuff like that, like where, what is it about it that you guys enjoy so much? Sure. Well, uh, you want to go first? You want me to? I can go first if you want. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've been like mulling over yeah. this question. So interesting thought here. Uh, just kind of, I guess, kind of giving like a, a mirror, or like a, an ode to the episode uh, that we had air on our show uh, this past week, uh, the week of Halloween, right? Is something you had said of like, well, you can bring the darkness or you can bring the light into the darkness either way. And being that... We're, we're all obviously spiritual people. We are energy. We're all this. And for just as far back as most of these festivals go, you know, Halloween is All Hallows Eve. And the traditional belief is it is the night in which the veil between the spiritual and the physical is the thinnest, right? It's the easiest to cross over. So naturally, uh, sure, you're going to have more people doing things they probably should, you know, dabbling in more darker practices on this night. But on the contrary to that, that means that on this night, you can also bring even maybe a greater light. I'm not saying that light's diminished one night or the other, but it's just kind of like the counter thought to that of like, we, we our, our native reaction to certain things, and Halloween is one of those is, oh, well, look at all the dark, look at all the mm-hmm. bad, look at all the scary. And I guess to me is like, well, the more you look at it, the more you emphasize, the more you put the magnifying glass on that, the bigger it gets. So why not bring joy and and happiness and and enjoyment to it? And, you know, I was someone who I can't do certain types of scary movies or certain types of scary movies that kind of mess with me, Um, certain, especially around like health and things like that. I don't know. It just kind of deals with some of my own anxieties in the past and my own struggles I've had to face. But like, if it's about like health and people, certain types of like gore and stuff like that, I can't really do that as much either. Uh, there are certain types of, there are certain things with Halloween. Like I had a really big phobia whenever I was a teenager about dressing up. Uh, why? I have no idea now, but at the time it was because I felt like I wasn't being authentic to myself. Right. And you can kind of take that as someone, some uh, being like teenager insecurities who had family home problems. You could take that as, uh, someone who'd grown up way too much in the church and been told way too much crap. And, you know, it was just kind of a mixture of both of those things. I'm like, I'm not going to dress up. And this is from someone who literally makes Halloween costumes, uh, you know, for a third of the year now just to prep for one season. <laughs> so obviously there was a mental shift in there, right? But uh, I kind of came to the realization is like, hey, this doesn't have to be this thing, this scary thing. And it's funny because I've always actually enjoyed being scared. I love going through those haunted houses and uh, not the, the super scary ones where you go to church and they tell you you're going to burn for eternity. That's a whole other level of scary. Right. But Because <laughs> I've been through some of those too. 
And uh, luckily, I got to join the room with the choir of angels because I already attended church, so I didn't have to go to hell. But uh, <laughs> praise the Lord, right? <laughs> oh my but, gosh. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I I I love going through those houses where they jump out at you and scare you. I used to uh, I grew up on a piece of land that had woods, right? It was a small piece of land, but we had woods next to our house. And my dad, we would ask my dad, "Hey, we're going to go out here within the next two hours. We want you to sneak out here, and you we want you to scare us." And we loved it. I don't know why it was just super fun because it was controlled, and we understood what was happening, and we were safe, right? And I think as I got older, I started viewing days of the, of, you know, holidays or certain days or certain things as unsafe. And then now as I'm kind of coming back to a, a, just a, a less dogmatic view of God and understanding, you know, what creation is and what source is, I'm realizing like, hey, you know, I, I am safe because safe is a mental state. It's not this, you know, I can, I can walk into... Uh, you know, a store that is promoting Satanism. I can talk to Satanists. I can talk to witches and, you know, other religions and all this. And I see more similarities now than I do fears and dissimilarities because I have that mindset, just kind of like we had this video. And I, I, you know, we shared this in our episode two weeks back, but uh, I'll share it here. Like we have this video on TikTok. And if you don't know what TikTok is, Google it. I'm not going to go into explaining that. <laughs> but, uh, and it's this funny little video, and Elaine's holding up this uh, Ouija board doormat, or not doormat, placemat. placemat. Yeah, not even a real Ouija board, guys. Like, it's just, it's fake. It's made for, like, laying dishes on. And it's, like, this whole, like, it's, like, an audio clip of, like, yes, no, yes, no. And it's, like, is Halloween a sin? No. Is God mad at me for celebrating? No. Like, can I still have fun and dress up? Yes. That kind of thing. And, like, people were going people crazy. Like, don't you know what you're doing holding that? Like, the devil's going to be in your house. I'm, like, No. No, he's no. not. I, I don't give room to that kind of negativity. Am I promoting to go and play with Ouija boards? No, I'm saying that you are in control of what kind of energy gets off on you. You have that ability to kind of decide that. And that was a big thing for me, just coming into that mindset and realizing, hey, I can have fun with this season. I don't have to be a stick in the mud. Yeah, so for me, it's a lot less spiritual. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My bad. (laughs) No, I just, I have always enjoyed Halloween. She's Uh, just dark and twisted, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like I, I've always loved dressing up. The Nightmare Before Christmas is my favorite movie. I love Tim Burton everything. My favorite color is orange. and My second favorite color is black. And I just, I I love the spirit of Halloween because it's fun to me in the right light, obviously, like we talked about, there's a lot of demonic stuff, but in the right light, you know, getting around a campfire and telling, you know, scary stories or watching scary movies, it's it's a lot of fun and going to haunted houses, like Cody's saying, like the thrill of being scared in a controlled environment, um, you know, that's just always been fun to me. And it's never been, um, I, I guess, because I didn't necessarily grow up in church, you know, I didn't really go to church until I was in high school, Um, But we went on Easter and stuff like that. So it was never like, oh, this is sinful. This is bad. Um, I remember growing up and my mom um, wouldn't ever let um, us be witches. But my mom always dressed up as a witch. So I don't understand that part of it. Um, (laughs) But yeah. And so like, yeah, very interesting. Um, But we always went trick-or-treating. And I will say um, the first five, six years of my life, we didn't celebrate Halloween because my mom... um, was previously married 
And, um, there was a lot of stuff that she was, she went through before she got pregnant with me, very spiritual demonic stuff. And, you know, she had her fair share of like Ouija boards and all of that stuff and just had really dark things. And so the first few years of my life, we didn't celebrate Halloween, but I don't remember that. Um, so I, you know, that's not like problematic for me or whatever, but, um, you know, I was allowed to watch scary movies. Um, I guess like my mom had certain stipulations on what certain movies were okay. Um, because I remember like as a kid, she's like, oh my gosh, you have to watch Psycho. It's such a great movie. And I remember like watching Psycho and Candyman and like all these old scary movies, but then some of the more like demonic movies, I remember my mom saying, okay, like, be careful. I don't want you watching these. And then even when I did, um, I guess where the spiritual practice comes in is I was never afraid of them because I knew that one, it was a movie and two, like, I knew the, the power of God and all that stuff. And like scary movies just never bothered me. I never had like nightmares from them. Um, and it's, it's just a fun holiday to me. Like I said, I can see the very dark things. And I was just talking to Cody about this the other day. So we have our big Halloween party and it's always like the second or third week of October. And then by the time the week of Halloween, we start taking down our Halloween yeah. stuff because we're <laughs> so tired of it. And it's, a, it's my favorite holiday, but we've had stuff up since September. And, um, you know, we, I don't think the entirety of our marriage, we've kept Halloween stuff up for more up. Like past the, the day of yeah, Halloween. We always take it down on Halloween or night before. or something. Like we, yeah. we don't have trick-or-treaters, so we yeah. just get stuck out here doing and nothing. And I will say, I was just talking to Cody with this I, about this yesterday. I think of like, to me, the fun, one of the fun things about Halloween is right after it's Christmas. Then you have everyone like coming together and it's just such a sweet time. And I was saying as much as I love Halloween, if there wasn't that, Christmas is almost like a debriefing period um, to me. And if there wasn't Christmas after Halloween. It, you know, so you're scared for a month and you're like, okay, like family, friends. Um, Then I could, I feel like I would be in a dark place. I could see where like depression being surrounded by darkness and scary faces and all this stuff, like constantly being surrounded by that. Um, After a month, I feel like it's no longer fun. Um, and then like, there comes a time we have to start celebrating life and fun things and, and candy canes. Yeah. And candy canes and Santa <laughs> Claus and all that stuff. But as much as or I love Jesus right? yeah, and Jesus, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. but as much as I love Halloween, like I don't think I could celebrate Halloween all year because I feel like that's whenever you start, like, um, that's where the spirit, the negative stuff starts coming in and you're like, okay, I'm surrounded by darkness and death and it's, it's no longer fun. And also I have like a huge strong conviction of if people for whatever reason that they don't celebrate Halloween because it messes with them or watches scary movies and that just puts them in a dark place or, you know, people are genuinely terrified and fearful, then I'm not going to force that on somebody. I'm not going to force somebody to go to a haunted house with me if it really messes with them. Um, because I, I feel like if it's not out of uh, out of fun and enjoyment and it's strictly out of fear and people honestly feel like their life is on the line or whatever it takes them to this dark place then I'm not gonna you know shove that on somebody I'm I'm gonna be okay if someone doesn't celebrate Halloween with me um and I, I just think if it's no longer about fun and the thrill of it and it's just it, it becomes darkness and fear then it's no longer to me it, it's no longer a good thing 
So this is a random question. Do you guys like spicy food? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. It doesn't always like me. So the reason I ask is there is um, clinically, you know, or physiologically, um, fear and pain um, are very, very close in proximity in the brain to pleasure and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the way, and, and I was, there was an article a while back, kind of like basically the premise of the article is everyone kind of has what they would call, I think they called the art, you know, they called a guilty pleasure or a, or a negative pleasure. Um, and there's different versions of it. Um, the two most common being fear and pain. And, and they use an example, you know, it's not just, you know, it's not just uh, horror movies and, you know, S and M sexual stuff. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, one of the things I mentioned is like people who love spicy food. Um, it hits that, it hits that pleasure center in the brain of the pain. Um, and I, I was like, Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I can finally relate. Cause I love spicy food. Like yeah. it, it's a problem. Like I like really spicy food. The stuff, the stuff that I like is painful for most people. If I'm sweating while I'm eating, it's a good meal. So, um, <laughs> but I, when I think about the, the scary side of things, like, if you, you know, you say I wouldn't force anybody to go to, to a haunted house with me. I'd be like, look, well, good. Cause you couldn't make me like, yeah. I would, yeah. <laughs> like, like I, so even as a little kid, I was very, very sensitive to scary scenes in movies. Do you guys ever remember that show? Um, you, you might be a little too young for it. That was pretty dang young. Um, the the TV show Hercules, the live action one or the cartoon, the live action one. It had the guy who was he ended up being. He also played the captain in one of the one of the Star Trek TV series. Um, I think I remember of it, but I haven't watched it regularly. It was Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess. They were like back to back, and then every once in a while yeah, they yeah, yeah. they would do like you know Xena would be in the Hercules show and the Hercules would be in Xena's show. And there were certain bad guys in Hercules, like because it was obviously set back in kind of the Greek gods, time of the Greek gods and the and the Titans and stuff like that. So some of the bad guys were like Medusa had multiple heads, and and you mm-hmm. know some of the bad guys in those shows were pretty creepy. And my I used to get my brother used to make fun of me because I would get nightmares, um, very like terror night terror nightmares. Like I would be afraid to go to sleep type of thing, and I. I so my whole life, and then I've had some certain experiences, demonic experiences, um, and I guess I was going to ask, because you mentioned your mom, Elaine, you know, uh, before you were born, um, have either of you guys ever had experiences with demonic, you know, demonic encounters or anything that you would, oh, man. or paranormal I've that had, you would kind of yeah. throw that? I've had one, and it was a couple years ago, and I don't know, like, how how it happened, why it happened. But I remember um, I was leaving a friend's house. I think we were like helping wash their kids or something because um, I was with Cody at the time. And I left their house and I, I think I was going back to my house. And it was a 30 minute drive and it was around like 10 or 11 p.m. at night. And all of a sudden, I felt like this demon was sitting in my passenger seat next to me. And um, like, I can't even um, express like how I was aware of this, but I felt like 
he was in my passenger seat. And this like, this was a few summers ago, but I remember at the time, like vividly being able to see like the outline of his face and just like all the teeth and everything. And I felt like he had his arm like around my neck and stuff as I was driving. And like, I remember not being able to really like speak or like turn my head. Like I was terrified and I'd never experienced anything like this. And like I said, I wasn't watching these scary movies. It was during the summer. So it wasn't around Halloween. I wasn't like involved in anything. I think the week before I left a church camp or something. Um, and so I wasn't like accidentally opening doors or anything, but for 30 minutes, like I literally felt like he was staring at me the whole time. And like his arm is wrapped around like my, um, the seat in the car. And the only thing that I felt like could get rid of the demon was like, I put on some random Hillsong music and like turned it all the way up. And, um, like it was, it was in my car, like on the entire ride home. And like, I was so terrified and I was still living with my parents at the time. And I was so terrified, um, to even get out of my car and walk to the front door in the dark. Um, and I was so scared to like lock my door and I didn't even turn behind me. And I remember like just crying as soon as I get um, in my bedroom. And like, I don't know why that was there, why I was aware what that was supposed to symbolize. I don't know. But I remember like the next day having my mom and my friend like pray over my car. And I've never had anything since then. And that was like the scariest thing I've ever experienced. That was the only demonic anything that I've had ever experienced. My story is different. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's interesting. <clears throat> This is actually something I've never shared on a podcast ever anywhere. <laughs> and so like, I'm kind of like hesitant. I, the only people that know this are people that actually know me really closely. So I guess I'll go ahead and be a bit vulnerable with it. Mm. Um, it's a, I just kind of want to like, I want to go ahead and, uh, and just kind of like offer this little bit of backstory. I used to not be okay with scary stuff at all. Uh, you know, like scary stuff, like I said, all through my teenage years and everything, I had huge identity issues. I had huge, like self-confidence issues. I wouldn't dress up. Like even as like a kid, I would dress up, but then like, I kind of went to that phase where I wouldn't, but I, uh, and this is actually funny. I'll go ahead and pre I'll, I'll chase this with this. Just kind of give like a nice <laughs> little thing. You say that you were scared of Hercules. I was scared of Bible man. Oh boy. I was terrified of Bible man. <laughs> The, the devil in Bible man scared the mess out of me so bad that like I went to a Christian, um, a Christian private school up until fifth grade uh, until I told my parents, like, I'm sick of being in school. I want to be homeschooled. And uh, I remember like having to be escorted out of the library when they were showing Bible man. Cause I was like, just having like a panic attack. <laughs> and so I hated Bible man with a passion and, uh, but there was this time, uh, the other big thing is, and a lot of mine is very spiritual, but it's kind of sad because I've had it from both ends. Right. Uh, I was very terrified of revelation and the antichrist so much that it actually caused me to go into a really depressed state for about a year. And, um, I was dealing with a lot of internal spiritual warfare. And I use that word very seriously. I don't really like the word spiritual warfare all that much, but I can say very honestly, that's what it was. Uh, because my parents would actually get mad at me when I was eating because they would say I was mumbling. And that every time I would open my mouth, they could hear words coming out of my mouth. And I was literally having to repeat to myself constantly, I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to be left behind. 
And I felt like there were like voices in my head saying, tell God to, uh, that, you know, damn him and leave. Just tell God to leave. Like tell you don't want him anymore. You don't want that. And I don't know what those voices were. I don't know if it was, uh, <clears throat> I'm sure it's demonic. I'm sure there's something to that. I think it's also just fear mongering that we're taught, you know, all these terrible ideas and portrayals. We teach children in church, which is a whole other thing. Uh, and so I dealt with that for about a year and a half. And it literally caused me to like OCD style. And I, I'm using that very carefully because I know obsessive compulsive is a real thing. But, you know, uh, it was quite literally every 10 to 15 seconds of my waking hour for about a year, I had to repeat those things in my head to try to clear my thoughts. And it became this obsessive, uh, like, just tantric thing where I could not get it out of my head. Uh, and then something else as I grew older, and this is one that I don't share very often. <clears throat> and uh, just because it's a lot of people don't believe you when you say you have these kind of things happen. My mom, like I, I think I've shared before on here was a, a very raging alcoholic. And there was numerous, numerous nights where uh, she would be just passed out drunk. Uh, and just two quick stories and I'll kind of go on. The, the biggest one, or I guess one of the ones that was more spiritual is I walked into her room to get her one night and she was passed out drunk and I saw something standing over her. And when I walked into the room, it turned and looked at me. It reached out like it was going to touch me <clears throat> and I passed out and I woke up on the floor whenever the sun started coming up. And so I knew it wasn't like, I mean, sure. I mean, there's, you know, you could start chalking it up to, well, what if it's sleepwalking, that kind of thing. But I remember vividly seeing it standing over my mother, reaching out to touch me. And I woke up in the same spot where I, where basically I remember falling out. The second thing is a little more literal and it was probably even more terrifying. One night my mother was crying. Uh, she was in the, uh, like kind of uh, in the bathroom taking her makeup off or something like that. And she sat down and she started crying. And of course, she was slobbering drunk. Uh, and she got very angry, emotional, and like sad. And then we get angry, just depending on what kind of mood she was in or what she was drinking, honestly. And I walked in and she looked at me square in the eye. And she told me, Cody, there is a demon in me. And of course, I'm thinking, you know, alcoholism, like you're, you're obviously drunk right now. I don't know what's going on. Of course, you know. And I started praying for her just because that's all I knew to do as a, you know, I guess like a young, I was probably 12. And I, so I just started doing what I knew to do, which was pray. And so I just kind of started walking as prayer with her and she started screaming and tearing at her own skin and talking to me. And I know this sounds so cliche, but her voice wasn't hers. Right. It was dark and it was like, I could hear undertones of her, but it was almost like something speaking over the top of her. Right. And I mean, it was the most like atypical what you imagine out of horror film type stuff. But that, I, I just I don't know what else to say. And that's the reason I don't really tell people a whole lot, because it sounds like something that a kid would make up. But it was terrifying to me as a as a child. Like, I don't know what to do with her. And I just remember her screaming at me and I just prayed over her for about 30 minutes until she calmed down enough to go to sleep. And wow. that's pretty much what happened there so so all of these things happened on halloween obviously absolutely yes they all happened on <laughs> halloween right at the crack of midnight whenever right. the lightning flashed and yeah so yeah my my i've had quite a few demonic experiences both on the 
attack side as well as the deliverance side. Um, and uh, they were never on Halloween. As a matter of fact, they were always around uh, religious church stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the most uh, kind of the most life shaping or perspective shaping uh, experience I had was during prayer week. I went to a Christian school and there was, you know, a spirit week is what they called it. It was kind of, they would mix, um, you know, we'd have uh, once a week we would have chapel, except on spirit week, you'd have chapel every day and parents would come and, and do walk or rock around the, the, the grounds and pray while the kids were in chapel. And my mom was part of this group that year. And, I got attacked a couple of nights. Um, I got choked uh, by something that I, when I opened my eyes, I could physically see uh, like mm-hmm. the, the, the smoky outline. It looks, yeah, you're, it is kind of that. It looks like the movies. Here's the thing. The movies look like the movies because there's been enough people that have had real experiences. Exactly. They know what to play yeah. on. Exactly. Um, and so the movies are fairly accurate depending on your experience, whether it's someone who is, you know, a demon that doesn't want to leave a body or a demon that doesn't have a body and is taking physical form or kind of a smoky ghostly form. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I asked that because, you know, honestly, as you guys are talking um, with your love of Halloween and and with kind of my background, um, I'm happy to be surprised that you've had such, such poignant experiences because for me, my experience has kind of shaped me towards like, heck no, I ain't going to do scary movies and Halloween and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And so it's easy for me to be like, oh, well, clearly they've just never dealt with the real thing. But mm-hmm. you have, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so how do you, you know, for those of us, those in the audience who are listening, like, okay, well, I've, man, I've dealt with some freaking scary shit. I don't want to, I don't want to mess with Halloween because what if I get some on me? Like, do you? What do you what do you say to because you guys can relate to both ends of it? Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile some of the reality of what you've experienced um, demonically and with darkness and the obvious uh, problems that a lot of Christians have with a lot of people have a lot of spiritual people have with mm-hmm. Halloween on that end? How how have you guys reconciled it? Do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah, for me. And I don't, I don't know what you have on that, Elaine, because I know you're a little more chill on all that. Like, with you, it was a little more positive, mm-hmm. I guess. But, like, with me specifically, um, just to kind of, like, give – the only way I can paraphrase this, and like I said, I only talk to people normally about this, which I guess I need to be more vocal about it, right? It's an experience I had. Uh, but the only way I know how to describe it is, like, some people say, oh, I've been touched by an angel. Well, I'm like, well, I was touched by something else, obviously, because I had a ton of um, – <laughs> Like the two little things I shared, I'm, I'm a lot like you, Austin. I was in a lot of spiritual warfare as a child. Uh, I had people randomly approach me in stores and supermarkets and people that did not know me and would just tell my dad uh, that like your son has something about him. And it's spirit. Like I've always felt very connected to spiritual. I'm not trying to like toot my own heart. It's not that at all. I'm just saying like I've always recognized that I'm spiritual. And that was always kind of my strong suit. Like I'm my family's spiritual rock in, in a way. Like I'm the one that they all kind of come to. And it's it's a weird position when you're a child. Now it's not so much because I'm an adult. You know, I, this is what I do. This is what I've studied, et cetera, et cetera. But like as a kid, it's kind of a weird thing. Sure. I think for me, it was kind of coming to the place where I realized the authority I actually held 
And the reason I say that, my mom grew up hardcore Pentecostal. I may have mentioned this before on here, but if not, just a refresher. Uh, and my mom always taught me, never talk about the devil because he'll come knocking at your door. Like, if you speak it out loud, he's going to come hunt you. Don't ever say like, you know, oh, the devil can't do this because sure enough, he's going to test you on it. And I grew up with that kind of mentality being taught to me of like, hey, if you say something bad about Satan here, you know, if you try to take a stand against darkness, like it's going to come knocking on your door. That's something, you know, let God handle that. You just worry about you. And I kind of realized when I'm like, screw that, that's stupid. Like, I'm not going to allow anything like that to have precedence over who I am. I'm not afraid of it. And I think, and you may be able to relate to this a little bit too. There comes a point where you deal with it so much. You're just like, really, this is what you're trying to do again. It's not going to work. And it's taken different forms as I've gotten older. You know, there's other types of things. Now it may not be a creepy outline of something hovering over my mother. It's not, you know, my mother's not here anymore to scream at me drunk in weird ways that any a lot of the other things that happened with her. But now there's other things, you know, uh, as I've gotten older, I've dealt with crippling anxiety over the stupidest things. And my grandfather's the one that said it the best to me. And he just looked at me and he said, you can't let Satan destroy you. And of course, you know, it makes so much sense now that I realize like that mentality will try to take over you. It will destroy you. You just can't give it place. Does that mean that I'm not going to have moments where I'm like, hey, I'm really dealing with like some anxious thoughts right here. I'm really fearful. Like I have this strange like symptom, you know, could it be this? Sickness is a thing that I've, I've struggled with regularly. Okay. Uh, not, not physically sick, but actually like almost manifesting sickness in myself because of my own fears. Um, or like almost projecting sickness on other people because I'll be so afraid of something happening to someone that I, I, uh, inadvertently start treating them different because I'm scared something's going to happen to them. And I just, it changes my relationship. So I have to be careful and I have to be vocal, open about it with Elaine. Now I'm like, Hey, I'm dealing with these thoughts. I have this kind of stuff going on in my life or, or my therapist, you know, I go to therapy for this very thing. And, uh, or, you know, in prayer and meditation, I have to address this a lot. And so for me, it was really just kind of coming to the realization that this is one method in which darkness can try to attack you. And it's one of many, right? How did, uh, you know, the story of Jesus in the wilderness, well, how did the enemy come at Jesus? He used scripture, right? Like, obviously, it can happen in a multitude of ways. And sooner or later, you become so desensitized to those methods where it's like, you know what? This is almost insulting. Like, I'm taking this back. And I'm not even taking it back because like, I think we talked a little bit about that, right? Like churches have, oh, the war against, we're taking it back or we're going to fight against this. I don't even mean like that. It's just mentally, I'm taking back my mental state. I'm not going to be scared to dress up because I am who I am. It doesn't matter if I'm wearing a costume and want to act like a character. That doesn't change who I am at a heart level. I can watch a scary movie and it doesn't really affect me because I've had encounters that are very real, that very much look like things in that movie but I know they don't have precedence and I don't even give them the time of day to come around anymore. Now, certain things I do struggle with. There are certain types of movies where, uh, like abuse, where people are hurt, uh, where violence or sickness or anything like that, those movies I still struggle with right now. That's something that I am actively trying to get over. Elaine was actually looking at a Netflix show just the other day. I'm like, hey, that's about a kid that's sick. I don't have it in me to watch that right now. It's not healthy for me to do that. So that's kind of like my new scary movie right now because that's the the mental shift I'm trying to take and not give stance to that side of the enemy, I guess. Mm -hmm. hmm. What about you, Elaine? Yeah, for me, it's 
um, discernment, understanding what the spirit, the nature, the intentionality of um, you celebrating Halloween or Christmas or any other holiday or how you live your daily life. And one of the things that I've always been able to do is discern like whether if it was healthy for me or not. And like I mentioned earlier, if you ever feel at the point of, oh, it's not just like, oh, like my fight or flight response because you like jumped out and scared me. If you literally have a fear and a conviction of I really can't handle this right now, um, that's whenever I'm like, okay, you know, that's too much. And um, whether that's a scary movie or a haunted house. And so I I think it's really what your intention is. If it's, oh, well, I'm going to have fun with my friends and family or whatever, and we're going to scare each other and it's going to be fun because we know we're not intentionally trying to hurt each other but if you ever are afraid of your life for your life where you ever are like feel like spiritually attacked then you know you have the power to say hey I'm not going to partake in that or hey I'm not going to watch that movie because that messes with me and sometimes it's not even um like sometimes you go through seasons where right now I can't watch this type of stuff but Um, I used to be able to, or, you know, I'm going through something right now and I'll get past this and, you know, I can start celebrating with you again. But a lot of times people have different seasons in their life where um, either God's dealing with them or they're just struggling in a certain area or they're just really questioning some things. And so that's kind of my thing is um, just discernment and and understanding, okay, is this out of fun and is this out of a, a good, healthy spirit, a good mindset or is this actual, you know, pain and suffering that people are trying to inflict on me? Is this actually, you know, um, bat, like a, a, a negative mindset that I need to get through or a struggle? Um, and it's okay. And I know a lot of people um, have asked me, you know, as a Christian, how can you uh, celebrate Halloween when you know it's the devil's holiday or whatever? Because they'll send me, you know, news articles or Facebook videos of, you know, um, Hard, yeah, yeah, hardcore Satanists um, who were really heavily involved in witchcraft and all this stuff. And then they get reformed. They're like, oh my gosh, there's so much darkness. Like if you're a Christian, like stop celebrating Halloween. And my kind of, my understanding is if you really were in that dark place, if you really were, you know, worshiping Satan and having this dark energy around you and surrounded by that stuff and you come out of that and you're like, holy crap, like I don't want anything to do with that. And that's completely okay. That is your conviction. That's your discernment. Um, if you want, if you are genuinely terrified because of the things that you are involved in and the things that you've seen, I'm not going to judge that person who um, can no longer celebrate Halloween or whatever it is in their life. And so that's kind of what I kind of tell people is I'm not going to force that on anybody, but at the same time, I'm not a bad person because I like Halloween because I'm not intentionally putting myself in danger or intentionally, you know, hurting someone else. Or, or, or I, I never want to um, bring negative energy on somebody else just because I don't have a conviction about it. And so that's mm. kind of what I tell people is like, if you feel a conviction, that's fine. Um, and, you know, don't let somebody try to talk you in or out of something if you enjoy it or you don't enjoy it. Well, and two things to add to that real quick. One, uh, choosing not to do something is okay. And that's just as strong as like facing it. I think a lot of times we have this mentality of like, oh, I have to go and face my fear of this scary movie. I have to watch it to prove I can because I'm, I'm bigger than this. And you go and you have nightmares for a week and you can't even talk about it because you have to keep on your macho appearance, right? That's a blanket term. That could go for anything. That could go for, you know, 
uh, riding a motorcycle or skydiving, whatever it is, if it's not bringing you joy, right? Producing, as you would say, Austin, producing the fruit of the spirit in you, right? You know, if this, if staying at home and not jumping out of an airplane like me produces <laughs> joy, then that's okay too. Saying no isn't a bad thing, even if it's a no for right now. Even if it's like, hey, I just went through something tragic. I'm not willing to put myself out there this way. I can't partake in this right now. As long as that is protecting your relationship with God, your spiritual energy, that's healthy. You don't have anything to prove. The second thing is personal conviction is something that is so often mixed up. And this is something we've kind of been hitting on a little bit lately. Personal conviction is so often mixed up with like righteous indignation or like this uh, <laughs> righteousness with God, right? And it's, it's personal. That's the whole idea behind it. And it's kind of like the idea of, oh, well, Halloween's dark because people sacrificed cats on that night and worshiped the devil. Okay, well, the Super Bowl is also the biggest night of the year for human trafficking. Does that mean watching the Super Bowl means you're a human trafficker? No. Mm. It means that there is bad things that happen based around something. Now, sure, we can take action to try to change the atmosphere to try to help the situation but just because someone does something on one specific night doesn't make everyone that partakes in that a bad person right that's a great great example that is true the super bowl the night of the super bowl the human trafficking human sex trafficking that takes place on that night in that city is uh yeah i mean it's starting to make the news last year it made the news Mm -hmm. um that is a really freaking good example because as you're t- as you're talking, you know I can't help but think of Paul's statements about you know um, you know one of his major statements that I quote all the time is let each man be convinced let each one be convinced in their own mind because um, you were enemies in your minds and that's where you need to be convinced in your minds and then let no man judge you in in, reg- in regards to any new moon festival or special holiday or special feast and then as far as the uh, even you know. To him who eats meat, let him eat meat unto the Lord. And to him who doesn't, you know, sure. and that is so prevalent throughout his his writings is the idea that there is um, 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 the the validity kind of settles into what are you convicted of? What is it that you kind of carry, and and um, where does it sit with your heart? So I. You know, Halloween is in that it's for a long time. It's kind of fit into that category for me of like, look, I'm, I'm not there, but if you're there more power to you, but I always had this kind of in the back of my mind, but what do you do with the fact that there's just so much darkness that night? Um, right. And, and the, the reality when you really kind of back up is I love the Super Bowl example. Like, you know, obviously Jesus was tempted by the devil on October 31st. So <laughs> obviously, um, no, <laughs> but like we have, you know, you can worship the devil on any night and more and more um, things happen. Uh, there are just as many bad things happen on Sundays as they do on Saturdays. Yeah. And, and some might argue more. And so the question does become at what, at what point, do you become so policed by the beliefs of other people mm-hmm. by, Oh, so, well, if, uh, if, if a large number of people are sacrificing cats and doing blood rituals on Halloween night, then I should stay away because I might get some on me. You know, I use the example, if you just meditate, just close your eyes for a minute and think of, of 
blackness is, is all around you. I'd say as far as you can see, but the whole point is you can't see. And like literally blackness everywhere. Everywhere. No end to it. There's no walls. It is literally no end to the blackness. And now light a match. Right? Mm-hmm. All that blackness, as prolific as it is, as ever present as it is, it's there is no possible way that it can come in and snuff out. It's not going to like, you know, like black holes suck in and just and just snuff out the light. The smallest amount of light in the darkness wins every time, right? Yeah. And so for all of you who might still kind of have that, yeah, but what about Halloween? Because there's just so much darkness then go be the light in that, right? Yeah. I mean, I, if, you could, if you can back out of it, and this I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody else, like to back out of it and go, okay, so do I enjoy dressing up? Does the idea of, of pretending, you know, to going to a costume party or, or going to the, a, a masked ball, a masquerade, like mm-hmm. um, does that sound like a good time? And, and yeah, it does. You know, it sounds like it could be fun. I'm not a huge dress-up person. I don't know if I would do it, like, starting from July. But um, <laughs> um, I do think uh, the idea of just having a good time with some friends and enjoying I'd love to, yeah. you know, if there's ever an opportunity to be at your guys' annual Halloween party, would love to be there. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it is, if, if you are afraid of that darkness, all the more reason to be the light. Strike the match. Yeah. And go celebrate it. And don't do it in that stupid, uh, annoying, churchianity way where you go pass out Fall tracks. Festival. <laughs> right. Fall festival and then go pass out tracks instead of treats. Like, Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just it's the biggest trick. <laughs> right. And, yeah, if you understand the devil and all that stuff, you're just. Great you're, yeah, you're <laughs> darker than darkness at that point. You're antimatter. Um, anyway, just but just go <laughs> celebrate and be be that light and realize that that you are more powerful than any darkness that is there. It doesn't have to get on you. Um, Mm. And I think that is, and and this is kind of the psychology of spiritual warfare. And that is the psychology of the true devil, which is as it, according to your faith, be it unto you, right? That at some point, if you believe it's powerful and dark, then it is. And if you believe that you're more powerful and that, that you are the light, then you are. And that is, you know, I use the example all the time. Jesus walked through hell itself. And all the demons, all the all of the dead people, all of the darkness, blah, 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 blah. One man walks in and everyone walks out because he walked in with a message and didn't get any darkness on him and literally one person, one light in the darkness can illuminate everything. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that is, that is, again, that was kind of the takeaway from, from our messages, you know, or the episode for your guys' episode as well, is that um, if you're going to celebrate, then do it intentionally, do it with be the light in the darkness. Yeah. Um, and for me, it, it does kind of come down to uh, <laughs> if you, if you have some history, like we've all talked about, I'm actually really glad we went into that. 
Um, it wasn't necessarily part of the plan, but uh, I know for me, if I hear an episode on Halloween and I don't hear them talk about the real demonic realities out there, for me, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, they haven't experienced what I've experienced. You're talking about three people who have very much experienced some very dark things. Mm-hmm. We're not denying that demons are real. I don't even know if I would deny that ghosts yeah. are real. Uh, there's two, it's, that's too common of an experience throughout the human history as well. Just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not real. Um, that's you know, a whole I, episode. I could talk for hours on that kind of stuff. Right. So I think ghosts are absolutely real. And consciousness is a thing that, that spans dimensions. And so um, the paranormal is real and that you're talking about three people who know that. And yet two of these three absolutely stink and love Halloween and they, and they start, they start preparing for it in July <laughs> or, or earlier. Yeah. And um, you know, I, for one am, am looking forward to the first costume party that I go to in a new light. I've not really examined Halloween um, in this way ever. And this year, knowing you guys, knowing how much you guys love it, mm-hmm. seeing your posts on Facebook and stuff like that, and kind of the little conversations we had leading up to these two episodes that we recorded, uh, me on yours and yours on you on mine, um, has kind of caused me to to look at these things in a new way, and I, I am I am grateful for it. So thank you guys for being you, and uh, your authenticity is uh, changing lives. So. <laughs> do you have any so i'm just curious we'll one see. last yes. one last little opportunity you know the nac community is listening uh do you have any kind of parting thoughts on halloween and and things that you feel like we haven't covered yet that people should think about i would just say trust your conviction um trust in how you want to celebrate halloween or any other holiday of the year um, or even just your daily life and and just really understand if you do have a conviction where that is coming from or if you don't have a conviction and um, don't try to force anything on anybody else. You know, we all have different lives. You know, we, we all have different experiences. And just because one person is okay with something else doesn't necessarily mean everybody else has to be okay with that one thing. <laughs> and so just understanding that. And then uh, I think for me, I'm going to be a nerd for a second and talk a little bit about what I guess like a traditional view of demons. So, of course, Jews have no word for demon, right? That's not in the Old Testament at all. We just kind of added it in for flavor. And uh, New Testament Greeks kind of view demons in a few different lights. And we could go into like all those different things. But the one that stuck out to me the most whenever I studied through it was that demons are almost like poltergeists and that like some forms of demons are actually the negative energy we create. And so Mm -hmm. we can get so caught up in a certain mindset that we actually manifest, which I believe is what happened with my mother, right? Like she was so lost in this dark mindset, all this passion, you know, she was molested as a child. She watched, walked in on her mom having affairs multiple times. She found out as an adult, her dad, it wasn't actually her biological father. Like my mom had a lot of trauma that led her to try to cope with this mechanism that she used. And she created this literal poltergeist that manifested out of her. And so what I, the, the reason I say that is your fears can control you. And I say that speaking to myself here, you can manifest the very thing you fear. And so if you choose not to give it place, and I say when not to give it place, that means not constantly 
fighting those thoughts, but allow them just to come and to go. You know, if you have a fear, that's okay. You're justified in that, but don't let it consume you to the point of becoming a reality. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, speaking of the uh, the the health stuff and the and some of that stuff that you were talking about, Cody. I've got um, I've got some stuff that might help you. I don't know if I've talked to you at all about psyche or emotion code, but there it's basically energy work on a psychological level. Um, it has changed my life and the lives of many, many people. And it's, it's changed on a subconscious level. Um, and I probably should do episodes mm. on, on that eventually. Um, but the other one would be the demon. The other thought, parting thought I have, which is you bring it up is that demons. Um, I love the fact you say some of them are created by us. I would go so far as to say that all demons were created by humans. Um, the whole fallen angel mm. theory, uh, goes the same way of the fallen, uh, the devil theory that, you know, Lucifer and all that stuff. Uh, when you understand who God is and what angels are, um, the, you know, I know the book of Enoch says a third of the angels. Um, and then a lot of the people, uh, get a third of the angels from the, you know, a third of the stars being swept to the earth. Everything like that. The, I'll just say that's all highly debatable and it's all based on interpretation. Um, and I don't agree with those interpretations. I, I believe that uh, humanity is responsible for darkness because we are gods and we have created darkness through our, through our I am not creative capacities. Um, and that God creates what is good. And that uh, is those who have his divine consciousness that have then taken that further and manifested I am not in the form of the devil and demons and all those energies. So um, that is the short version of what I believe about demons and where they come from and better yet, how to defeat them. Um, there's a reason that, uh, yeah. that uh, you know, healing people who are not ready to be healed, Jesus says they come back stronger, right? Because it's the same mental vibration. It's the same energetic vibration that invites that, that those energies before. So you can cast out a demon, but if the person is still think, thinking the same thoughts, now they not only have the same demon, but they have all of the, oh, so I failed. I, you know, I can't get healed. And they have all these other stronger beliefs that say, now I'm really mm -hmm. freaking stuck because it didn't work. And yeah. so that's the, the seven stronger that come back and make it that much more difficult. So, um, you know, demons are real for sure, but they're very defeatable. They're easily defeated to those who know what to do and how to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate you guys again. And, you know, being able to share your thoughts and help me, uh, kind of revisit Halloween mm -hmm. and the, uh, the whole subject, um, as always really enjoy having you guys on the show and um, looking forward to getting you guys know you guys more and more um, for the NAC audience. These guys, we are in discussions about an event. Um, I think we're just talking about it yeah. with some, uh, some other podcasters down in what Franklin, Tennessee is kind of where we're thinking about it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think right. Franklin right outside of Nashville. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So uh, if that happens, um, again, there's, there's a group of podcasters, Cody was Cody and Elaine have been uh, very instrumental in kind of getting that group together as well as a few other, uh, Bob Hutchinson, Hutchinson or Hutchins, I think it's just Hutchins. Um, 
from Rumors of Grace. I was just on his show. Um, yeah. And there's a few others. Uh, Jason Elam, I'm, I'm scheduled to speak with him eventually. Um, so there's more and more of us uh, kind of Christian podcasts that are revamping or rebuilding the idea of what Christian means. And uh, I'm happy yep. to be a part of it and proud to be a part of it. Looking forward to getting to know these guys more. So as the NAC community gets to know you, uh, who knows where we'll go? Who knows where we'll be in a couple of years, huh? So I'm excited. Absolutely excited about it. Well, thank you guys. Uh, as always, NAC community, if you consider donating, we would highly appreciate it. Uh, just ask Spirit and let him take it from there. And uh, yeah, check us out on Facebook. We got the different groups. Check out Reckless Pursuit. All of their uh, links will be in the show notes and their show will be posted to our page soon and vice versa. So yeah, no shortage of opportunities to learn and grow and be a part of something that is going somewhere, it looks like. So thank you guys for your time. As always, an hour of your time is very precious. We appreciate it. And we will see you on the next episode.